Because, you know, you kind of feel like you've worked for this your whole life and what is everyone else going to say or think? And you feel like a failure, but I don't think that that was a fail at all. Like, I think this is exactly how it was supposed to happen. Welcome back to the Clinical Athlete Podcast. If you're not familiar with Clinical Athlete, we're a network of healthcare providers, students, and coaches who specialize in the management of athletes. And we have two missions. The first mission is to connect athletes with professionals who they can trust, and we fulfill that mission through the Clinical Athlete Directory. You can find your nearest Clinical Athlete provider or certified Clinical Athlete Barbell Coach at clinicalathlete.com. Our second mission is to create a community and foster the education of those professionals and future professionals in the realm of athlete health and performance. This podcast is one way that we fulfill that mission, and another way is the Clinical Athlete Forum. The forum is our education, mentorship, and networking community where we discuss and share ideas and resources related to athlete health and performance. To learn more about Clinical Athlete and everything that I just mentioned, head on over to the website, clinicalathlete.com. If you enjoy this podcast, do us a favor and give it a rating on your favorite podcast platform so that we can get this information out to as many people as possible. My name is Quinn Hennick. I'm a doctor of physical therapy in Orange County, California at Clinical Athlete Newport, and we've got another Clinical Athlete Student Edition coming at you. Chris Hewen, a physical therapy student and forum intern, clinical athlete forum intern, leads an interview with student physical therapist and clinical athlete forum member, Megan Broussard. Megan is also the clinical athlete journal club intern. She has a really interesting story transitioning from one career path to another, and she discusses the life of a student navigating the waters of uncertainty while she attempts to learn as much as she can and be a positive example for other students. It's a great conversation that we had. Enjoy. Megan, thanks for joining the party. I... Well, I mean, we chatted on the phone a few weeks ago, but that's really the first time we'd ever talked. So could you give just a little intro to currently where you are in school, where you are living, what year are you? Yeah, sure. Um, so I am in Dallas, uh, Texas. I'm a second year PT student at UT Southwestern. Um, and yeah, that's, that's pretty much it. So... Was there a specific reason why you chose UT Southwestern? I knew you are from the DFW area. Yes, I'm, I'm from the DFW area. So I <laughs> applied at a lot of schools, just not knowing what would happen. Um, some out of state, some in state. And then um, I guess just when I was in the interview process, that just kind of felt like you get a feeling like you're at home, I guess. I don't know how else to describe it. And that was UT Southwestern for me. So I ended up deciding to go there. Um, and then, yeah, it's been great. Were you one of the kind of stereotypical pre-PT undergrad kids that kind of knew like as a freshman that you wanted to go straight into it? Absolutely not. <laughs> um, I actually... I did a bit of a large pivot. Um, I, so undergrad, I 
was a musical theater major. So I have a BFA in musical theater. Um, I went to a school in New Jersey, Ryder University. Um, did a lot of singing, acting, dancing. Moved to New York after that. Uh, had a lot of health problems going on. So I came home after a short time and kind of reevaluated things. Uh, in the middle of all of that, I had gotten my personal training certification. That was my plan was to always do that on the side while I was dancing and acting and stuff. And so with that, I found like there was a lot of information that I still wanted to know, I guess. And so um, when I was home back in Texas, I started observing an athletic trainer, chiropractor, physical therapist, and I just kind of fell in love with physical therapy then and ended up getting a few job offers as a tech. And so I uh, started working as a tech and that's, that's mostly when I knew that I wanted to go to physical therapy school. So definitely not conventional, but. Did you have to take a bunch of extra prereqs because of the, the undergrad? Yeah. So I did have to go back. I think I did them all in a year. I just piled them all in there. <laughs> um, but it wasn't too bad. Was so, it, so was the, Oh, go ahead, Quinn. Well, I was just going to say that this was like a, um, was it a hard decision to pivot away from a prior career? I mean, acting, dancing, that's, those are things that you devote your life to, or that at least that you think are, that's what it's going to be. And you probably had up to that point. Yeah. 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 I had grown up dancing competitively and then doing regional theater. And so that kind of seemed natural to do that as an undergrad degree. Um, but I think, I don't know, I guess I'm the kind of person, like if I want to do something, like I'll just work really hard and make it happen type thing. And I just wasn't feeling that after graduating. And it did take a lot of like mind shifting because, you know, you kind of feel like you've worked for this your whole life and what is, everyone else is going to say or think and you feel like a failure, but I don't think that that was a fail at all. Like, I think this is exactly how it was supposed to happen. And I don't know. We'll see. But life, life is weird. Uh, that's, I love that. I mean, it doesn't have to be that exact story or even physical therapy, but I'm sure there's a lot of people who, who want to switch gears, you know, or maybe just scared to do that. And, and time goes by and they maybe wish they had, or they, they play the what if game, those types of things. And then, um, you know, you took action, which is, it's a cool story. And it's still playing out. <laughs> yes, that's for sure. So Megan, you said you had done some tech work prior to PT school. And I know you had said you had been with Jared Hall at his clinic. Was that the first place you had been a tech? So actually that was the last place I ended up being. And I was there for the longest. And that was just really the biggest blessing in disguise because I didn't know Jared prior to that. And um, he quickly has become one of the biggest influences and a great mentor to me. 
just in physical therapy life and in life in general, I feel like. Um, so yeah, that was, that was a huge blessing because being with him, I think I was there for a year and a half before PT school. Um, but yeah, just really exposed me to critical thinking and, you know, clinical reasoning. He would give me research articles to read and like talk through what he was thinking about patients. And um, so I think that that was really helpful going into school because kind of set me up with a, a skeptical mindset, but practically like in a good way. <laughs> Was it different? So you, that was the last tech in you had before you started school was the job itself and kind of like the requirements or the day to day. Did it look a lot different from the prior tech gigs because it was kind of fed up with Jared? Um, I definitely noticed a difference between, um, like therapists and yeah, I guess like how the clinic was run too. Um, not like, that the person I was with before was that or anything. It was just very different. Um, I'm, I'm trying to figure an example. I'm drawing a blank. <laughs> but well, yeah, I think you had so, said it earlier, the kind of him giving you papers to read, kind of creating that critical thinking. I just, I had never been a tech before, so I never really knew what that environment was like, but I can imagine it's, it, it can differ depending on the clinic you're in and the clinicians, uh, and what those clinicians are kind of wanting you to do as a tech. Yeah. And I guess you saying that too, I don't think most clinicians would, um, you know, Jared puts the time in to educate people who are younger, um, just to kind of, I guess, give back to the profession and, so I don't think most clinicians go out of their way to, you know, like give a tech research papers to read or like, you know, talk with them about what they're thinking or like if I had questions about what he was doing, like he was always willing to answer them. And so I thought that was a very valuable experience. I think it probably depends on the, on the person on you, like the tech or, or on the other side too, if you're somebody who, is eager to learn and is kind of proactively seeking that information, then, you know, maybe the PT, no matter who it is, will be more apt to kind of bring you into that where, you know, some people have PT tech jobs just as like, cause it's easy and not, and they have no, no thought or intent of taking it further. But for you, it was like, you know, this is what I'm trying to hone my experience in this field and, and learn as much as I can, you know, and take this with me going forward. And I think that, I think it's a really good, being a tech or which is kind of within that space is a really good opportunity rather than just shadowing, which we need those shadowing hours, you know, for our physical therapy school application. But sometimes shadowing is literally, you can just kind of like turn your brain off if you're not careful and you're just there, <laughs> you know, and then uh, you're, you're just like forgetting that you're there to actually learn and you're just Instead, it becomes this, oh, let me just get my piece of paper signed off. But if you're a tech, you have responsibilities. You, know, you actually have to do stuff. And, and so just inherently, you will be more kind of ingrained into the processes. And then you can take that further. But I think that's a really nice opportunity for people to, to feel out the profession that's 
at a deeper level than just, you know, getting their shadowing hours in. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. And I think you're right in saying, you know, it, it goes both ways. Like it's not just the clinician who is, you know, getting out information. You have to have a tech who's willing to, to hear that information or to read that information. So. To care. Yeah. To care. Yeah. I remember when I was up in California, I was the first day I shadowed Derek Miles. He, he gave me like two or three papers to read. And I think one of them was like the sticks and stones paper. And it was just so bizarre, like getting a homework assignment from like a, a PT that I had shadowed. Cause that was the first time that ever happened. And then the next week I came and he was like, so what'd you think? And it was like, I, it, it was an intimidating in a sense, but it puts the autonomy on the, the, the student or the individual to actually kind of be an active part of that process. And you're like, oh, you want me to actually read it? Shit. <laughs> yeah. So Megan, I know, cause UT Southwestern's in Dallas and then there's TWU in Dallas, there's UNT Health Science Center in Fort Worth. And that's, I mean, the, the whole DFW area is like a, a giant swath of, of population, but is the the three universities there, is there any type of kind of connections you've made with other students or other professors or researchers? I know Jared's a like an adjunct at UNT, right? But is there a sense of community within like DFW? Um, maybe if you look for it, uh, we have a lot of the same, you know, like opportunities volunteer-wise, and then we run into other students at our um, like North Texas district meetings or like federal advocacy dinners, like stuff like that. Um, but I wouldn't say other than that, there really is. I think obviously COVID affects these things right now, yeah. but um, you know, there's a lot of pockets across the country where there's multiple schools, multiple programs and, you know, reasonable area and I feel like that is a really good opportunity for for students and even new grads you know within these communities to, to get together and start and start networking and just kind of branch out a little bit um you know I think for students too like collaborating with students who are in different programs whereas your guys are learning the same things but at the same time from different angles and from different perspectives, you know, cause you have different professors that are, that are teaching these things. So I think as things, as the dust starts to settle, um, organizing opportunities to, to collaborate with other programs and, and other kind of sub communities within the field. I think those, I think there's some real opportunity there. Yeah, I would agree. Um, I think, you know, because of COVID, a lot of stuff that was supposed to happen hasn't, but um, just moving forward, I think it would be a good opportunity if we ran into each other more. <laughs> but, but yeah, other yeah, than I'm, what I mentioned, there, there isn't a whole lot right now. I know there's Shelby Miller and Jared and Alec Shapiro and some other new grad clinicians through Level Up. And I think Quinn, I'd messaged you like a year ago um, on Clinical Athlete asking like why the the student 
section of like kind of Texas in general seems to not be that strong or like the clinician side. And I think it's slowly growing um, from what I've, I've noticed, but you have, do you know, Megan, there's what, like 15 PT schools in Texas or it's a giant Uh, number. There's a giant number. And then we also have a lot of PTA schools too. Um, So yeah, there's, (laughs) there's a lot of us. And um, I think that's something like the, the student board of the TPTA um, is trying to to coordinate that better and to try and get more students involved. Um, unfortunately, like we spoke to before, I don't want to blame everything on COVID, but a lot of our plans this year kind of fell through. Um, but hopefully this next year, it'll be a little bit better. Um, so speaking of TPTA, Miss Vice President, soon to be President, can you talk a little bit about why you wanted to be on kind of the student like section of the Texas Physical Therapy Association and what that even looks like? Yeah. Um, so really just kind of going into PT school, I just kind of started off with the mindset of, I'm just going to say yes to every opportunity, which is sometimes good. Sometimes, um, you get a little busy. Um, but so when the, the TPTA, TSPTA elections came around when I was the first year, I was like, okay, why not? Um, and so I ran and I ended up being vice president this past year and then I'll become the president in October for next year. Um, but that was really how that started. And also just thinking, you know, I think it starts with students and if we can get more students involved um, statewide. Um, and then hopefully that will translate over at a national level. But I think, I think it works better if you start early and, you know, try and get people more involved in the profession and professional advocacy, um, stuff like that. So that was kind of my whole thought process. That's awesome. Is, is that just, so you, you have, uh, all of the students that are within that organization in the state of Texas under that umbrella? Yes. So we have, um, uh, we have a a set of board members each year um, that kind of try and coordinate things. And then we have, we try to have a student liaison um, at each like school or PTA school um, that we can kind of communicate with. Uh, But we're just, trying to get more students involved. Unfortunately, in the past, it hasn't always been successful, um, but. It, it's, it's tough to get a community, you know, keep, a, keep the momentum going, but. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's huge though. I mean, any students listening to this, if you're in Texas, you know, get involved. I mean, that's how, you're right. You're making change from the inside out. And I think it starts in the schools. It starts with the students. Um, do you, what would be, if a student wanted to get involved, you know, what, what would be the first step? Just reaching out to you or somebody on the board? Yeah, for sure. Um, that we are having, actually, our application for the next year's board cycle just ended today. And so we'll have new board members coming up. 
um, but we're always looking for student contact points between schools. Uh, we are hoping to start reaching out to undergrad uh, pre-PT programs too, mm. and um, trying to like get started even earlier. So we're always looking for people there. Uh, other than that, we have, we're active on several social media platforms. And so we always are trying to post information there. Um, so we're always available there as well. Very cool. Yeah. Hopefully, and a call to other students too. Even if not in the state of Texas, if you don't have an organization like this, you know you could probably get one. Take some initiative. Yeah, definitely. Hey guys, Quinn Hennick here. Here's our brain break from the great conversation with Student Forum member Megan Broussard. Don't forget to be on the lookout for upcoming Clinclathic Journal Clubs, of which Megan is currently helping us crush. They are free for anyone to attend and a great opportunity to practice your research reading brain gains. Follow us on the Clinclathic social medias and head on over to the website clinclathic.com and become a free community member as well. And you'll get all the up-to-date info on what we're doing in the realms of athlete health and performance. And now back to the show. Megan, do you, after you graduate, would you want to stay on the board or do something within the TPTA or within the APTA or TPTA? Um, yeah, for sure. Um, I don't know if I'll be in Texas or wherever, but I've definitely considered that, which is why I also, another reason I tried to, you know, uh, start being active early on, I guess. Yeah, for sure. So uh, switching gears a little bit with, I think two big things we could talk about is, I know you're a current level up, but you're going through the, the cohort right now. Um, and you're, uh, I think Matt McClanahan is your mentor. Um, but there's actually two students, yes. I think in my cohort or in my school that are with you, which is pretty cool. But um Tell me a little bit about how you initially heard of Level Up and also with clinical athlete, obviously you're a student clinical athlete member. So both clinical athlete and Level Up, how'd you hear about the two and kind of, yeah, let's go with that. All right. Um, so I heard about both of them from Jared, actually. Um, I started listening to clinical athlete podcasts before starting PT school and I've been listening ever since uh, because of Jared. And then I met Quinn at CSM this year and introduced myself twice so he would remember. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, so, and then, yeah, level up. I'm currently um, in cohort five right now and it's been awesome. I have a great small group and I feel like all the material is just very well prepared and has really been challenging me to reflect and think more about how I can help drive the profession forward and give back to those who come behind me. So, so yeah, I think it's, it's been a really awesome experience. Those the on your Instagram, there's multiple pictures of you just crushing some books. And I know some of them are like, <laughs> Rex from uh, Level Up, where I saw Being Wrong on there, then some others. What has been 
like your best or most impactful reads since let's just say beginning of COVID? Mm, that's really hard. Um, honestly, what I do is when <laughs> this is going to sound like stalkerish, but I, the physical therapist that I look up to and follow on Instagram, whenever I see what they're reading, I just screenshot it and then I look it up and if it's something I'm interested in reading, I'll read it too. And so that's how I, how I find all these books. Um, but yeah, I am, I'm being, I'm reading Being Wrong Again. So for the second time, which is just in, as incredible the second time through. Uh, but other books, I really enjoyed Range. I think it was David Epstein wrote that. Um, and I'm trying to think of the other ones. Uh, how emotions are made is a really good one. The righteous mind. There's too many good ones. I don't know. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, no, I'm on the same boat where I'll take screenshots or even I don't know if you did the uh, the little Eric Mira cow you prep that was on Friday. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But he recommended two books, and as he was saying it, I like Amazon. I literally got it the next day. I have calling bullshit, and then I think the next one comes in. <laughs> later today so yeah it works out but i have one too many books that i have yet to read so i got to stop ordering on amazon i just keep a running list of like okay this is what i'm going to read next and then i just go down the list yeah uh, on book lists just real quick is um just making taking three extra seconds to make a note of where you found the book or like what who recommended it to you because I have like lists of books and my Amazon wish list and these types of things. And I'll, I'll see the book and I'll be like, well, I mean, that looks interesting, but I don't know why it's on this list per se. Like, I don't know, remember where I got it from. You know what I mean? But on Amazon, you can, in your wish list, you can add a comment and just put wrecked by little note, just to jog your memory of why the heck you'd want to read that book in the first place. Cause you only have so much time. Right. And so it's like, I'm trying to get into a habit of being more like what I've learned with uh, Frank Benedetto and the Honey Badgers, like right book, right time. Where in the past I'd be just randomly reading books that just sounded interesting or like somebody I look up to is reading this book. Well, that's the one I'm going to read next, but it's the topics are so scattered where if you can say, okay, no, I want this topic or this type of read, then what's the book? And then, and then it organizes your thoughts a little bit better but at minimum try to make a little note about where the heck that book came from in the first place i think it helps yeah what are you reading right now quinn Quinn, what are you reading right now uh mostly nerd stuff on how to program in r and (laughs) other things that people don't give a shit about but uh i'll pull up a couple actually that i think were relevant for people so i actually read mistakes were made or I listened to it for like the fifth time recently. So that was, that's always a good one. But um, the book of why is about causal inference and kind of gets our minds thinking a little bit different about cause and effect. And it's uh, a book by Judea Pearl, who was huge in the, in the causal inference space. And we're always, I think causal inference is very relevant in our field because we're trying to make change and trying to attribute it to something and, you know, trying to trim out the uncertainty of do we matter? as a, as a profession. Um, and then another one is called the drunkard's walk, which is essentially a book on, uh, randomness and probability and how that kind of just is intertwined in our 
in our world. Uh, which was is that Milan now or Leonard Milan now? Yes. Yeah. Yep. What else did he? Was he? Uh, I read one of his prior books. I don't know which one though. I know what you're talking about. I, I I'm blanking on the title as well, but I'm enjoying it. Nice. Yeah, I'm going through the skeptic Skeptic's Guide to the Universe, which is a sick boy. It's like 400 or maybe 500 pages. Um, and I'm just staring at all these other books that I just ate. Oh, did you read it? Yeah. Yeah. It's legit. It's literally like an encyclopedia of all of the fallacies and heuristics. It's like the Bible of biases. That's what they should have called it. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Very good. Okay, Megan. So you're a second year like me. So you're about like halfway through. Um, do you know, have any idea once you graduate where you see yourself, what area of PT you'd want to go into? Um, I have kind of an idea, I guess. Um, I have a general plan, but I didn't make it super specific because clearly my plans in the past (laughs) didn't work out how I thought they were going to. Um, but yeah, I'd like to be some type of outpatient ortho, um, but geared toward performing artists in some capacity. I don't know what that's going to look like exactly. Um, but I feel like that just naturally kind of aligns with what I've done in the past and would be really cool. Um, but we'll see. I thought of eventually like way later down opening my own practice um, and teaching and just finding more ways to give back, I guess. Solid. So I find an underserved population of performing arts. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think that was another, like just going through even like personal training certification and just starting to kind of think about like, well, you know, why didn't we know any of this or like, why weren't we taught and like, even, even now, like in physical therapy school, like I'm just thinking like, there are things that like, I don't know, I feel like should be part of a dance program. But. Do you listen to Don't Break a Leg? Is that what it's called? Of course. <laughs> Is that like yes. the only uh, PT slash kind of performance art podcast out there? Or are there a lot? Um, that's the only one I have been listening to right now. So I'm honestly not a hundred percent sure. Well, that's cool though. Cause I feel like it's a, uh, like an untapped little like niche that would be great, especially since you have the experience. Wow. Yeah. So last question, since you're about halfway through, are there, let's say you were to start PT school all over again. Is there any big thing you would change or any reflections that you're like if I were to do this over again I would have done something differently I would have said something not said something what are your thoughts Mm. I don't know I feel like there's always things that we would not do when we look back Uh, but actually I don't know would I do anything different because I feel like that's the way you learn right um, maybe I just would have learned things faster, but that's okay. <laughs> um, 
yeah, so I don't know that I would do anything different. Well, I think that's a lesson in and of itself. Or, or just don't, don't spend time looking back and, and playing the what-if game. You know, if there's something to learn from, obviously learn from it. Uh, but just keep your eyes facing forward. I think that I think a lot of people struggle with that. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah, I guess I'd say the same thing. I mean, I by no means was an ideal student as a first year with the way I went about conversations with professors and other students, but each one was kind of a little bit of a learning experience that shaped how I am now, but they were very uncomfortable situations and definitely uh, I wasn't the, the most popular kid uh, as a first year. But then again, I, I think, think at some point... I year is popular. Yeah, but I mean, I think if you're outspoken, you may there create some level of uncomfortable within the, the, the cohort. Well, it's like you said, reflect. I think there's a difference between reflecting and dwelling. And your reflecting is, is creating a learning experience and then moving forward with that and moving forward and not dwelling is you just kind of stay, you keep looking back and you keep replaying it in your mind and it becomes a circle instead of, you know, a path forward. And if those interactions, you know, for you, it can be like, okay, well, the outcome of that interaction didn't go as I would have wanted, or maybe it did. And secretly, I just need to... <laughs> question my motives but I don't you know that's maybe for somebody else Chris I don't think that would be you but it's like okay the outcome wasn't exactly what I wanted you know what can I take from that and 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 try in, in another you know future interaction or something like that um versus dwelling you know then sometimes we get we play like games with ourselves and or that person was an asshole it wasn't me and the, I think the more you go back the more it becomes a game of telephone in your own head where you misremember it a little bit more each time and then you start making up stories. Um, yeah. Which is dangerous, can be dangerous. Yeah, I don't think I ruminate a lot on it, but after the fact, a few days or a few hours, I'm like, oh, was that a bad idea? Like last week, there's we have like a school group me and uh, a kid posted like a, a funny slash stupid meme of like patients with bad posture and it looked like a little shrimp sitting in a chair. And I knew it was a joke, but I also knew like a lot of kids in our class may not understand that like that's not a thing. And so um, I sent like five Ben Cormack posts through Instagram uh, on the group me and it's like, was that a smart idea? Probably not. But it's it could have at least maybe one kid who had never seen Ben Cormack saw that uh, and maybe it had a positive impact. So it's a work in progress of whether or not that's a good idea. Yeah, I think that's, I mean, I think that sounds pretty harmless to me. Uh, Thank you, Quinn. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're, just, you're just throwing it out there and just saying, hey, take... Take from it what you will, but I'm just I'm just going to put this here. Yeah, I just said some food for thought and left it there. <laughs> I don't know how they took that, but <laughs> the whole 44 students have at least seen five different Ben Cormac posts that I forced them to read, so <laughs> we'll see. Oh, you're just planting seeds, man. 
Yeah, exactly. All right, Megan, thank you so much for kind of introing yourself, giving us your background. If people want to reach out or talk to you more, where would they be able to reach out? Um, I am on Instagram. Uh, it's Megan underscore Broussard, B-R-O-U-S-S-A-R-D. Um, or you can always email me, Megan in Broussard at gmail.com. Um, but yeah. Yeah, Megan, thanks Thanks so much. But you're so humble. I think I want to just touch on the point again of like changing changing career paths, changing mindsets. I mean, that's huge. And I think that this could could really, uh, you know, touch a lot of people because there's, there's plenty of people that will listen to the show through the, you know, from within our six listeners who haven't quite decided on what they want to do and whether that's PT or not, you know, I think you're proof that you can pursue, you know, passions and passions can evolve over time. And, and, uh, there are people out there taking action like you. And I think it's pretty awesome. And just another call out to anybody that wants to get involved in the TPTA, uh, as a student, I think the earlier you get involved in things like this, in your student career, the more apt you are to be involved in that way throughout, not only your student career, but as an early grad and beyond. And, uh, you know, I'd encourage anybody listening to reach out and, and see if there's any opportunity there. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I'm guilty. I'm not a part of the student TPTA. Yes. I should definitely do that. I you're, know. Well, you're a black sheep, man. You're just... <laughs> but, uh, I mean, my buddy Kevin, you know Kevin, and you're yeah, he I literally just wrote him a letter of rec for being a student board member. So I'm yeah, doing my yeah, I'm doing my due diligence for you uh, through him. So you're a fo- you're like the you're a runner. You're on the ground making moves. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> just networking, putting things together. Oh, okay. all right sweet well thanks again megan this is great thank you guys we'd like to thank megan for being on the show you can check out the show notes for contact info of everyone in today's conversation And thank you to our all-star Clinical Athlete Forum intern and student ambassador, Chris Hewen, for leading this student series. And thank you, the Clinical Athlete community, all six of you, for joining us on this journey of knowledge and improved practice in both the gym and clinic. If you want to dive even deeper into this community, you can check out all that the Clinical Athlete Forum has to offer, which includes all of our academy courses, amazing discussions, and networking with professional clinicians and coaches, as well as students, and just our overall hub of knowledge in regards to athlete health and performance. Thanks, everyone, and talk to you soon.